Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Nat Chats where we talk about all things dysfunctional, about being in our 20s and so much more. And on today's episode, we are joined with the co-owners of Couple Joe, Dosh and John. Hello. Hi guys. And today we're going to be talking about the rise of entrepreneurship and the problem with hustle culture. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but I feel like as the time goes by and like more generations come along, I feel like everyone kind of wants to be their own boss nowadays. Totally, it's an attractive alternative to just working under a uh, management. Yeah. yeah, I think not everyone wants to be a corporate slave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, corporate slave is a good word. Yeah. Corporate slave, that's what we were, I think, John and I. Yep, totally. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite common nowadays because the internet is so accessible to everyone now. So creating your own business is quite easy compared to how it was back then. I wouldn't say it's easy, but I would say it's more straightforward yeah, than yeah, last yeah. time. I would, yeah, everything is there for you. Yeah, exactly. Like last time, you know, you have to pay a person to, let's all say right, if you want to have a billboard on or something like that, but now you can just use social media, which... There are things that you have to pay, such as paid ads, but I think everything is a lot more flexible from now on. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, something to add on mm-hmm. to what you said is that uh, social media definitely helped us mm-hmm. in connecting uh, people, uh, connecting us to people that brings value to our business. Mm-hmm. Definitely and in terms of knowledge and in terms of their expertise in giving advice as well. I think it helped us a lot. Yeah, for sure though. So like, adding on to that though, John, maybe you want to give like a story of how your brand actually started in the first place? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it was back in 2020, right before the MCO started in Malaysia. Right. I was actually working in Singapore as a project engineer. Mm -hmm. And I sort of came back at the right time, like 12th of March. Okay. And the uh, MCO started at 14th of March. So I couldn't go back to Singapore because of the whole lockdown situation. So I eventually uh, lost my job in Singapore. And also, like, I was trying to find an alternative, like another civil engineering job in Malaysia. But the openings just wasn't there for me. And the opportunity just, like, didn't arise for me. Mm. Because of a lot of people, other people lose their jobs, they're probably more experienced and more more worth it than I was. Mm -hmm. So I came across this idea of starting my own business, but I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. At that time, I was already into brewing my own coffee at home. And I really enjoyed the activity. I I feel like brewing my own coffee, like somewhat gave me a sense of pride because I've achieved something, something Mm -hmm. like making a bed in the morning. Right. most of us don't really make it. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. I was just going to say, where you kind of get into like a routine now, say, you know, when you're like jobless and you're not doing anything, you kind of mm. go into the sense or something. Yeah, anyway, yep, definitely. So, long story short, I just got into coffee and I didn't know like what coffee bean to buy at that point. Mm. And there was a lot of websites that sell coffee beans, mm-hmm. but it doesn't give me a sense of security because like I might like these beans, I might not like this coffee beans. Mm. So I found a gap in the market and mm. I probed it some more and there wasn't anything like it mm-hmm. in Malaysian market, but there was something similar in overseas. Uh, so that's where I started Copper Joe. We use a web browser mm-hmm. to sell our coffee products from local roasters in Malaysia. Okay. Yeah, and then Dash came in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dash brought a lot of stability in. 
maybe Dash can share a bit of her story, how she got into Cathedral and how I sold her the million dollar idea. Yeah, sure. Dash, take it away. Very, very interesting. No, so I think John, basically, this whole idea, he sold me when I was still in Australia and that point of time, I was mm-hmm. in my job. You know, and I was telling John, oh, you know, I came to have a career transition. I'm going to move, like, you know, from Australia to UK and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. then, you know, so it was not a, a thing that I was really, but it was a good idea and I knew it. Mm-hmm. So, and then obviously COVID hit and then, you know, things happened. So, and obviously my plans didn't work according to my plans. So, mm-hmm. then I was going to come back. So, then John was like, hey, you know what? Why don't you join me? So, it literally started, I think my journey to Capital started when I was in quarantine. Oh, okay. Like, not even joking. So, like, we started designing the logo when mm-hmm. I was in quarantine. Right, okay. So, yeah. in a way, it was John who started it and then you kind of just joined in after a while lah. I think it was a good pitch. She pitched it to me pretty well, and mm. I thought I saw the gap in the market, and right. I believed in the idea. And also, yeah, I drink coffee myself, so mm-hmm. I thought, you know, you know why, why not? Mm. And so, and, and I think it's definitely like an extension to my skill set that I have. You know, John and I basically like you know we're clueless about a lot of things, right. but yeah, it's definitely. a journey. It's a journey, definitely for us. Mm, okay, actually, what are you guys's major? Um, maybe Darsh, you want to share first. So in uni? Yeah, in uni. Uh, so I did finance, economics, and I minored in linguistics, which is very far fetched from what we're doing today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John, what about you? I did uh, civil engineering okay. in Queensland University of Technology. Oh. Also super far fetched. <laughs> But it's okay, you know, like a lot of people, they set off to become like a lawyer or something, but they ended up becoming, I don't know, a graphic designer one day or something. Yeah. yeah. And that just shows the possibility of like growing up, like there's so much opportunity out there as long as you're just willing to like mm. start something. Yeah, that's very true. Because yeah. I feel like school, they equip you for not really the real life, I would say. They just equip you for the next stage, such as like a very stable, stable job, not like if you want to go into something that you're very passionate in and if you're street smart enough that you can actually execute it. So you kind of have to I figure totally it out. Agree. Mm. My once uh, favorite tuition teacher told me, okay. SPM tuition teacher, wow, okay. he told me that if you go uni, you're just learning how to think like a professional, how to think like an engineer, how to think like a doctor. Mm. But in the real world, you're using that knowledge of knowing how to think like an engineer to apply to other applications. And I think that's the most interesting so far for me. Yeah, that's true. Because like, yeah. it's very important. Obviously, uni education is very important, but it's also important that Absolutely. when you're in school, it's important to try out new things because there's flexibility there. Yeah, yeah. So we, we didn't have the luxury of mm-hmm. like testing out Carpus Joe during <laughs> university. <laughs> We yeah. were like dead set on our career. All right. That's why I was, I was dead set on Yeah, John was so dead set. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, I'm uh, going to be an engineer. Yeah. I'm going to build buildings, you know, all that yeah. stuff. And I was like, okay, John, sure. Yeah. <laughs> was... That, that was me. That was me, like, probably uh, one and a half year ago. It's quite amazing. Okay. That's, yeah, the, that's the crazy. pandemic definitely changed us. Like, we got to change with the time. It's, it's basically, it's called a depth. I mm-hmm. think it's definitely like, you know, how we have to adapt from one, you know, one like situation to another. It's like, we, we never thought we were going to start up something, but we did. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, we just have to adapt and learn how to move on and mm-hmm. move forward. Yes. Yeah. yes. For sure though. Because like, even for me, like, 
this podcast thing was literally something that I thought about in NCO. Like, right. Yeah. Quite crazy. Yeah, it's so crazy because like back when you were in no, like when there's no pandemic, you wouldn't have had that push, you know, to do all these things. But when you Correct. when you're thrown in like a worldwide epidemic, like okay, what do I have to lose? Might as well go for it. Yep. So, so what, what's what was your inspiration to start this podcast? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, of course. Um. So I think in the back of my mind, I've always kind of wanted to have like my own talk show. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know if you guys know this talk show from Singapore. Um, I think it's called Millennials of Singapore or Real Talk. I think I've heard of it before. I think I've heard of it, but I'm not sure. It's pop- is it like a popular show? Yeah. It's yeah. like um. Do you know who is uh Saffron Sharp? She's a... Yes, I know Saffron Sharp. Yes, yeah, the yeah, UK. Yeah. She's studying in UK, right? Yeah, she was, but she's originally from Singapore. Yeah, 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 correct. She's into fashion and all that stuff. She's got her own brand. Mm, yeah, so yeah. like, she and a few other people were having like this, like a YouTube talk show. And then I thought that was like, oh, very interesting because they were talking about topics that were very relevant and very relatable to like me, like people in my age group, I feel. So I just mm-hmm. thought like, oh, it would be so cool to have like a talk show like that. But then... I know how to do video editing and stuff like that, but having to physically ask people to constantly come to your place and like shoot it, it's a lot of hassle. Yeah. So basically, that's kind of how I wanted to do a talk show. And then um, right now where I'm working at, I actually do uh, also do a podcast for them, but that is more on the business side of things, not too, not so much on like the personal experience type of podcast. So I just figured like, okay, now that I have all the skills that I have at work, why not just make something that I want to listen to? Because I feel That's like, cool. yeah, like I feel like in Malaysia, like there's a lack of podcasts dedicated to our age group. Like I always wanted one, but I've never heard of one. You know? Yeah, it it is a growing thing, mm, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's slowly coming up, I think you know there are a lot of people getting into the podcast. Mm. You know, it's like a it's a culture that's like slowly mm. you know growing into people. People are listening to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, it's a growing thing definitely. Yeah, so I just figured, you know what? If I wanted to hear a podcast, why not just make it myself? So it's very spontaneous, I would say. At least you're comfortable with listening to your own voice. <laughs> I wasn't at first, <laughs> but after a while, when you have to edit all the audio yeah. and stuff, you kind of forced to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's it's, it's pretty hard, but like it, I do enjoy talking to my friends about all these like random ass topics. So I don't yeah, know yeah. the passion kind of go past the embarrassment. I would say <laughs> that that is amazing, and I think that leads us to our next question. Right? right. Right. Yeah. So like I think the next question is like, what are some of the main challenges that you face though? Because coming up with a coffee brand and like not knowing how to really navigate it is quite difficult. So how did you guys like face the challenges? I think how I started it was like, uh, at first it was a lot of doubt. Mm-hmm. Because like I was coming from an engineering background and I was like dead set center to be an engineer, right? Right. And uh, telling myself that like, oh shit, this is not working out. Like I can't find a job. Mm-hmm. Really built up the anxiety in mm. me. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like, then, like, having this idea, this idea, then I pitch it to my sisters Mm -hmm. who are entrepreneurs themselves. Okay. They like the idea as well. Mm -hmm. Although it was, like, it needed a lot of tweaking, but, like, they they get the concept and they ask me to pursue it. Right. But I was really doubting myself, Mm -hmm. like, my parents. Yeah. And I I had to see a psychiatrist because I was getting really anxious about 
uh, about myself lah. Okay, okay. And I really uh, sorry, not a psychiatrist, psychologist. Okay. <laughs> psychologist. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I would I would really uh I would really tell anyone mm-hmm. to just see a psychologist if you're not sure about something, cause like they are the professional neutral person that you can ever ask. Right. And it's it's nice. It's nice, and it gives me a a lot of clarity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't the clarity doesn't come after the session, but the clarity comes after you you execute your battle plan. So what a psychologist do is like they'll give you a set of rules, and you just gotta do it uh day day in day out and try which one works. Mm-hmm. And yeah, after like that session and practicing it myself, it kind of gave me a sense of clarity and a sense of confidence. Because right. you, you do need a lot of confidence to like just say, oh, hey, I'm going to shut the fuck up and do it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it's true. so and that's, that's, where, that's where we started. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I actually pitched uh, pitch the idea when I had this clarity uh, in myself and this confidence in mm-hmm. myself that I carry along with. And that's where I pitched Dash the idea. So I think uh, the challenges would definitely be yourself. <laughs> okay, okay. Overcome it yourself. Yeah. I don't think that was the only thing. I think uh, from the like what John said, you know, mm. from the start of the page where we did it, uh, when he pitched me somewhere in like October, where I think there was a lot of like doubts. And I think, you know, we had to, it was more like a step-by-step process, I would say. Okay. I think uh, we yes. had to, we, had, we literally had to get like one thing. At all. Like, I mean, there were times where I would be like, oh my God, John, I'm having a panic attack. I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm. Like, you know, because it's very new to both of us. Right. And I, I think it's having like a partner or like someone who's like, you know, telling you it's okay. Like, it's okay to like, you know, not mm. know more. And like, mm. I think that's very important. And, so I think having like a action plan was very crucial to us. Like, you mm-hmm. know, we obviously have plans, you know, stages of execution in the business that mm-hmm. it's, you know, very important. Yeah. I think I think that's what John and I pretty much follow and it's been okay till so far that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, another challenge is to find someone to work with mm. that really believe in your cause and mm-hmm. share the same vision. Mm-hmm. That is also a challenge, but I am lucky to have Dash. Right. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that will bring me to the next question, though. Like, are you guys like best friends from the gecko, or you just thought like, okay, Dodge probably has the right skill sets for this? So how did you determine? Best, uh, best friends <laughs> of the gecko. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, okay, wait, hold on. I mean, we did skydive together, but oh, <laughs> I mean that was like pushing John out of his comfort zone. I was like, John, you just have to do it, okay? And he was like, no, I don't want to skydive. I don't skydive. And I was like, just do it. You're not gonna die. Right. Nothing but still like to lose. Oh. Yeah. That's not answering the question, Dash. <laughs> okay, okay. Like I know I just thought about it. I thought it was a pretty like a you know, our friendship sort of like a mark. Um no, I mean we were friends from high school and then mm. uh, we went to what? The same college. College. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we went to Australia, but obviously he went to Queensland and I went to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll then, still visit. Yeah, we'll still visit each other, yeah. We'll still visit each other really cool but like has your business have ever come between your friendship 
I think it's too early. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I think I think it's still too early to tell. But mm. so far, working with Dash has been honestly a pleasure. Like mm-hmm. most of the decision we make is like we make it instantly, and we are always around the same page. Right. And like if it's like sometimes we do have like our differences, but mm-hmm. the most important thing is the how we how we resolve the issue mm-hmm. and how we move forward together with a battle plan. Mm. Right, Dutch. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, like what John said, we do have our differences. We mm. don't agree on everything. I think that's the same with everybody, you know, personality yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I mean, we try to find a midpoint for mm. every, every issue. Yeah. Now. But the, but the most important thing is like you, uh, when your partner adds value mm. to the existing value that you already have for mm. a certain idea for a certain project, like that is something very valuable, mm-hmm. and that is something you you gotta remind yourself like, hey, this one is important. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think like compromising with one another is like the key to making it work. Also. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it works for every partnership. Yeah, exactly. Compromising. Yeah. If like one person super egoistic and doesn't want to like back down, then that's a problem right there. Correct. And I think that's why I approached Dash because mm. I, I know that she is someone that I can talk to openly and someone that I'm not afraid to share ideas with, someone yeah. that I'm not afraid to bounce an idea with. And she does give very good opinions on certain matters and I give her mm-hmm. op- good opinions in certain matters mm. like the postcard situation dash right yeah yeah definitely <laughs> we have a lot of situations every other day i think i see john almost every other day and sometimes it's like oh my god john i'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I happens a, i don't have a choice at this point we're like oh my god we see each other too much so i'm like okay john let's go to your girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, that's so cool though. It's good that you guys have managed to find like a silver lining and just trying to work things through no matter what. Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, okay. So like stray a little bit away from like um, Couple mm-hmm. Joe a little bit. But as yeah. I said in the beginning, you know, like since everyone in this generation kind of has that driving force of wanting to be their own boss, why do you think like in this generation there is like a much higher pressure to be successful than before though? Maybe I can direct this to Dosh. Okay, can I think yeah, because everyone in this generation are somehow like you know it's basically succumb to society. You know, right. it's just you see everyone. Basically, you go on LinkedIn and you mm. see you know people are so overqualified. Because <laughs> like, sometimes you just look at a person and be like, oh my god, this person has this, 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 and you're mm-hmm. like twenty five or thirty. It's mm. like you know it kind of puts pressure and like basically individual youth or whoever. You know, you kind of like. You're in this rat race, you're competing to be a better version of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you obviously want to always achieve, you know, mm-hmm. the best. I, I think that's what, you know, you know the, this generation basically is all about, you know, the pressure. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's just sort of ingrained in mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it comes from your parents, mm-hmm. and your friends, you know, you, you don't want to lose out. Yeah. That, that is what it is, right? Don't you agree, John? I have to disagree, Dash. Oh, oh really? Okay. I have to disagree because I feel like social media mm. has a part to play in increasing the pressure on our generation mm-hmm. because like we, we get to see how successful other people are mm. but we don't see that like the successful people are probably that one or two percent of the entire population mm. so we are actually nitpicking 
people to admire. Mm. We don't see the rest of the pile. Mm. Then again, I think social media, like you know, obviously people only display what mm. other people want to see, and you don't really see the true story, lah. You know. Correct. Mm. Correct. 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 Uh, it's all the good things. I mean, nobody sees whether you're you're an entrepreneur, you're crying, then, <laughs> like, you know, whether your whole production is failing, yeah. you're not making profits, you're not being able to. I mean, the people never show that. They only yeah. Show the good things. You mm. know, you're making sales. You're uh, like your business is buzzing, and like. You know, that's why it kind of like, you know, everyone sees that, it's like, oh, well, I want to be that. Yeah. That's the mindset, the mindset, you know. Mm, that's very true though. I think like, sometimes you got to take a step back and I think that that pressure to always succeed is good in a way, but you also need to know when it is, it is okay to take a step back and tell yourself like, hey, you know, not everyone out there has it all figured out and that's okay. I don't yeah. think anyone has everything figured out. Yeah, same. Either. But it just looks that way. It does, mm. and it it plays a part in their persona. Right, plays a part in their lifestyle. True. Yeah, you should always just prepare for the worst. <laughs> That's something I always tell myself. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. Totally yeah. Agree. So since we're on the page of like you know being successful in terms of our career, like what are your thoughts on like hustle culture itself? John, maybe you can start with this. Think? I actually don't know what is hustle culture. Oh, okay. Let Natasha define hustle culture. Okay, sure, sure, sure. And then we'll give our opinions on hustle culture. Okay, sure. So I think what I meant by hustle culture is in terms of like always wanting to chase the next thing. And I think like as a boss, obviously you need to chase the next thing or else your business will never grow. But like I think to a certain extent, hustle culture has that kind of toxicity that comes with it. So like, what are your thoughts on this toxicity that comes with hustle culture? I think, you know uh, what? Mm-hmm. I would say that I was, I think, trapped on the hustle culture. Okay. Because I think, you know, it's always that urge of like, what next? I have this mentality. I mm. always like, you know, when I, when I finish one thing, I, like, I always have this urge like, oh my God, what's next? And if I don't have a plan, what's next? Mm. I kind of like go bizarre. Right. But I don't have that stability. I I cannot. Mm. But I just can't. I can't deal with it. Mm. Like I think it's always like you know. It's always been a situation that you know when you finish work studying, it's like mm. okay, what's the next thing and what's the next thing mm-hmm. and it's like you just you're on a grind, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just it's just a never ending grind, and I think that's where it leads to people being burnt out. I think you know mm. I've been there, and I think it's just because you don't know when to stop. Yeah. That's and you don't know when to tell yourself, you know, no, like enough, like enough is enough. You need to like take a step back. And I think it's really toxic actually. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, and people don't even realize it. It's actually a sad truth. Like some people are just so burnt out. And you, you mm. know, you, you, sometimes you think in your head, it's like, okay, mm. okay to do that. And yeah. yeah. What do you think, John? What do I think now? Hmm. Well, I am definitely the person that always asks myself, what's next, mm-hmm. what's next mm. until I achieve to a certain goal. Mm-hmm. But I am also a very lazy person. Okay. So I do have moments uh, where I burnt out from work, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in Singapore as an engineer. But it's different than what I am doing now because I am enjoying what I'm doing now. Mm. Maybe that is the biggest difference is mm. that like when I started Kappa Joe. Mm. I really enjoyed the process, even though there are like a billion downs and one up. Mm. As long as that like I make someone happy by, and they love the product, mm-hmm. I feel happy. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's very true though. Like when you work, 
for I think it's that's the biggest difference when you work for someone and when you work for yourself about something you're very passionate in. Correct, and I was really passionate in engineering as well,、mm-hmm. and I did I did have a lot of uh ups. Okay, I did had a lot of ups、mm-hmm. and a lot of downs as well.、Mm-hmm. So uh, no regrets. Yeah, it's a very good experience. I think you、that's、take、fine. what's good and you move on. Yeah, that's what I. That's that's my motto. It's always like you take whatever that's good and you move on and you make the best out of wherever you are. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I think like right now we also forget sometimes. You know, we're so young. Like it's okay to make mistakes. Hmm.、Yeah. Correct, and that's where the anxiety build up. Uh,、yeah. in the beginning for me is、mm. that like I don't know whether it will work. Mm. I don't know. Ah,、uh, I don't know if I'll lose like X amount of money, and I cannot find a job in the、mm. future because I wasted one year of my life.、Mm. So I, there's so many uncertainties, right?、Mm. But so far, like in the coffee community,、mm-hmm. everybody has been really friendly. Everybody has been really helpful.、Mm-hmm. It's it's just so amazing to work with these people because like they are so. Helpful, so joyful.、Mm. Like when they see you stress, like, hey, bro, come on, we give, I give you a cup of coffee. That's <laughs> like, oh, really chill, really, really nice.、Wow. Yeah, and they're quite open, especially you know us coming from very different backgrounds. You、mm-hmm. know, they're very open to sharing their journey and、mm. experiences,、yeah. and you know, they they're willing to teach us.、Mm. You know, we're definitely it's definitely a learning process for the both of us. You know, there's definitely a lot for us to learn, and、mm-hmm. it's kind of nice when people are willing to share that knowledge. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Totally. Yeah. I think it's very hard to, especially when you go into an industry that is like quite, you know, it's coffee has been around for many many years now. It's not something that you just created out of thin air. So for all these all、right. people to have the time and like, um, even though they're so established, to come down and like tell you like, oh, give you tips and tricks on how to do better. I think that's really cool.、Yeah. And that stems like uh. That proves a point, right?、Mm. That、uh, everybody in the coffee community、mm. have a certain have a same goal, somewhat of a same goal. Yeah, is to promote a really good quality coffee from、mm-hmm. local roasters、mm-hmm. to to the general public. Like、mm. there are so many coffee brands out there that me and you and Dash、mm. we probably haven't discovered yet, and yeah. they are yeah. roasting one of the best coffee you can have in Malaysia.、Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think and, that and, is what a our vision or like you、right. know, we want to connect. You know, as many average Joes like you know、mm. basic people, like average Joes like you know good quality. You know, there are a lot of roasters to be waiting to be discovered. I think it's a very、yeah. important. That's what we are we want.、Mm. And and you have to you you have to understand this in the coffee community as well. Most of them are really small,、mm. and they they basically roast their coffee for their own consumption. Right. Like they roast it with so much passion that like it is just a joy to see them, ah,、uh, running their own cafe, their small cafe,、mm-hmm. roasting their coffee and like letting people drink your their coffee. And most of them, I think mo- most of them come from a non-coffee background as well.、Mm-hmm. Like、yeah. they just stumble upon the coffee, ah,、uh, coffee community and like they just fell in love with it.、Mm-hmm. And that's why they're so helpful as well. Yeah, for sure. Though yeah. I think like. Especially, this is kind of a win-win situation if you think about, because you're helping the local community. Correct, and yeah, so I I felt like a lot of coffee roasters are really undervalued. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and that's why that's why we 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 try to discover as much as possible and share it as much as possible as well. Let's keep cutting out, but、mm-hmm. like 
hopefully in the near future you'll see us carrying probably like 50 60 different types of coffee yeah definitely you gotta start somewhere you know yeah, because like if you if you have a dream and you never execute it or at least never try it, you really never know what it's gonna come out, you know? Correct. Yeah. It's always the first step that it's uh the hardest to take. Mm, yeah. It's I think there was like a quote saying like if you never try the answer will always be no. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah like Agreed. whenever I heard that quote, I feel like that stuck with me like throughout the, all the years. If I ever have an idea that I want to execute, I'm just going to do it. Like, fuck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you never know, okay? Like, what's the yeah. worst thing that's going to happen? Okay, probably fail, like, probably screwed up. Okay, never mind. Okay, move on from it. Fine. Yeah. The worst thing you can get is failure, literally. Yeah, correct. But if you, if you never try, you don't even know. I think it's always important to try something once. Mm. For me. Yeah. Try something once, if you don't like it, you know what, never mind, move on. Yeah, that's very true. Like skydiving, right, Dash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do it again, though. Yeah, see, see, you like it. With precaution, though. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, do you feel like ever since you guys, you know, have become your own boss, do you think it's, like, quite difficult to maintain a work-life balance from now on? I feel like it integrated to uh, my life 24-7. Mm. But uh, it's been a joyful experience so far. I'm not sick of it yet. Mm -hmm. There's so many other opportunities out there for Kappa Joe. Mm -hmm. And we as Kappa Joe, we are exploring different opportunities, how to grow our sales, mm. how to, how to collaborate, mm. how to collaborate. Yeah. And yeah, it's been really fun so far. Like learning, definitely learning a lot. A lot I of hands-on. Mm -hmm. A lot of hands-on. I think it's, you know what's also thing, I think is that we're excited for what's next. So mm. that keeps us going. Yeah. Right, we're, always, right. we're always like, oh, we're always like, oh, what's next? And John's like, okay, we need to do this. It's mm. like, so it kind of keeps the momentum running. Mm -hmm. It's like, when you're like, you know, I think that is something that is important. You need that desire. Like, you know, something that keeps you, keeps the momentum going. Yeah, definitely. So Darsh, you would you say know? also like, your work-life balance has been quite okay lah, since you love what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> Okay, because I think for, for John and I, I think it's always like, what's next? Mm. You know, then we, we, you know, we kind of like ask each other and then we work on something new. So it's, it's, it's like a continuous mm. process, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's really good because like, it's very important to have your passion for the project is as deep as one another or else like, you're going to have some it falling out or issues because one person will be wanting to work on it harder than the other. Mm. Yeah, correct. Yeah, but... work on different things, which is also a good thing. Yes, like we were never both working on one same thing. Mm. We work towards a common goal, mm -hmm. but we never work on the same thing. Mm. Yeah, we were basically working on individual things, but towards like one end goal. So it kind of like segregates the fact that you know we're not always stepping into each other. Like we ask each other like opinions and stuff mm. like that, but we're not like you know really micromanaging. Yeah, micromanaging mm. is the right. Thing. Yeah, that's true. So, like, I think the last one to wrap everything up is, like, what would you give an advice to someone who wants to start a business during a pandemic? So, Darsh, maybe you can take this? I think, you know what, just believe in yourself and I think just take the first step. I think that's the hardest thing that, mm -hmm. you know, anyone... I think anyone will tell you the same thing. Like, you know, I think taking the first step is always the hardest step. And I think if you believe in your idea and you think it's going to work, just do it. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, everyone will have an opinion to say about whatever you're doing. So might as well do what you want. Correct, correct, definitely. Everyone's going to say this is not going to work, that's not going to work. But mm. only you truly know once you try and like, you know, if it's going to really work or not. 
Yeah. What about you, John? My advice is from a friend of mine, a close friend of mine, mm -hmm. who gave me this advice. Okay. And it stuck to me till after after university to working mm -hmm. and now with Kappa Joe. Mm -hmm. The advice is shut the fuck up and just do it. Oh, <laughs> love that. <laughs> That's a nice one to wrap it up. Cannot <laughs> be any nicer or cannot be any harsher, or else you'll lose its meaning. That's very true. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet and simple. It just, it just wrapped up everything I said in like a long, like <laughs> you know, like ten lines. It's just like yeah, just just do it, whatever. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, okay, on that note, that concludes this episode. So stay tuned for the next episode next week. And if you guys are interested to try out Kapojo, you can use my promo code at netchats 20 for 20% off for newbie and intermediate bundles, in which I will link everything down in the description bar. So yeah, once again, thank you, Darsh and John, for coming on NetChats. Hey, thank thanks you. for having us. All right, talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.